Welcome to the CWDW Near and Far podcast, where we explore perspectives of the Walt Disney World theme parks from 10 miles to 1,000 miles away. I'm Mike, the far in this equation, and with me is John, the near in this equation. How's it going, John? Pretty good. Good. We're Today, we're going to discuss our favorite Disney theme parks. I'm just going to do a countdown list. John's going to tell us what his favorite park is from four to one. I'll do the same. So, John, what's your least favorite Disney park? <laughs> uh, just as a disclaimer, I really enjoy all of the Disney parks. And, uh, and throughout the years, uh, they change frequently. As you can imagine, with construction and major changes that happen, and things change a lot. So as of right now, and I literally just made this list as we were talking just a couple of minutes ago. That's how indecisive I am about ranking the parks. But my number four, I'd have to say, is Disney's Hollywood Studios. And the reason is it could change over time, but... It's just had so many changes recently and it's still it has it has a lot of brand new things and it has a lot of really old things like the uh, the little mermaid show is nice but so old and beauty and the beast has been there for so many years and then uh, galaxy's edge is nice but to me it still just doesn't really feel that disney like i i rarely find myself going to galaxy's edge for much of anything and again, that's just me. Rise of the Resistance is a great ride. Tower of Terror is one of my favorite rides all over Disney. But since I have to pick a number four, right this minute, I would say Hollywood Studios is my number four. I would have thought that you would have had that ranked a little higher. I, I figured you were more fan of Hollywood Studios. Honestly, a number four next to any of these parks does not feel right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... I looked at the list and I'm like, no, no, no. None of them can be number four. So, poor Hollywood Studios got, got the number four. Like I said, I do love it. Uh, if the Osborne lights were still there, that could have bumped it up a couple of places. It probably would have, but things like that that made it super special to me are gone. And, you know, Galaxy's Edge is great, but you have to get up early in the morning. You have to get there first. You have to be lucky enough to get the boarding pass at exactly eight. If your phone freezes for half a second, you may not get it. And it's just, it's it feels like a little chaotic to me to try to do anything there. Maybe that's why it's not my favorite right now. Because as someone who lives here, if I was going on vacation, perhaps that wouldn't be number four because you want to see all these great rides but someone who lives here like i said when a ride is brand new and hard to get on it makes it less appealing when you live right next to it and you know it's i still love the classics there i love the i i i watch the muppet show a lot um i go on star tours a lot so uh, honestly i go to that park a lot but like i said if i have to pick if i have to rank them i have to say right now that is number four so just so you understand because that is a perspective of somebody that lives close to the theme parks and as a result my number four is actually the same <laughs> even though i live you know at a, at a distance so i have very specific reasons why that's number four. The food in the park is, in my opinion, just awful. I don't think they have a lot of quality food options as compared to the rest of the park. Uh, the, the rides, for the most part, are all big rides with big experiences, and there's no smaller kind of fluffy rides there's nothing to fill any gaps it's all these big almost e-ticket maybe you know slightly below e-ticket attractions i just uh i think the layout of the park is absolutely not one of the best i, I mean honestly the layout of the park can be confusing at times Kind of like, uh, and John, I don't know if you've ever been to Knoebels Grove when you were in Pennsylvania, but Knoebels Grove, while it's a great park, it's kind of confusing with the layout. It's it's disjointed and, and just kind of like a park where 
someone laid you know a couple rows out and all of a sudden decided oh we have room here we have room here there's there's really not that hub and spoke uh design it's just all over the place that that's a big part of the negativity for me most people probably would be surprised at this choice knowing that i'm a big star wars fan but i haven't seen star wars yet i haven't been there since it's opened so i can't really weigh that in i i guess excitement for that is fairly high you know i i want to ride those rides and want to see that land but the last experience i had last year was just awful uh there uh and, and I don't want to say awful from the perspective of, you know, my worst theme park experience. That's not what I'm saying. I'm basically saying I was really looking forward to experiencing Toy Story Land. And the day we went there, they were doing a media preview of Galaxy's Edge. And it, everything was confusing. The crowds were, the flow of the crowds were, it was crazy. Uh, it, it was just, uh, we walked into Toy Story Land and you could barely move. And I don't understand that, you know, I didn't understand that at the time. I mean, again, it, it's media and everything, but Toy Story Land is just, there's no shade. You know, there's, you got the sun beating down on you. It's like the surface of the sun there. Um, and, and that would have been fine. I, I could have got through that, but just the crowds, the, the, the fact that you got the sun like melting your face off and, and all that stuff. You know, it's it, there, there's a lot of things that seem to be wrong in that park that I just don't like. Yeah, and, and you know, incidentally, that park would have graded a lot higher uh, for me, say ten years ago. A uh, great movie ride for me was iconic. Um, and and I'm not one of these ones that's going to cry around about great movie ride, even though I miss it. That thing was iconic at the time. Phantasmic was pretty fresh. It, you know, I really loved Fantasmic. I still do, but, uh, you know, I don't have to see it every time I go to Disney. Yeah, I, I agree with that's That's very good points. And I was going to say, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, you go down Hollywood Boulevard and there's nothing to do but come right back down when you're done with, you know, the two rides at the end. And, and they are working on filling in some fluff rides, but. You know, like uh, they, they've got Lightning McQueen's uh, stunt spectacular or race or something like that backed by Rock and Roller Coaster now. You may have not even heard of it because it's, you know, unfortunately, it's not very exciting. Uh, the little kids who really like cars enjoy it and everybody else seemed you know, kind of like they were looking at their watches when I went. Yeah, I I don't want to sound negative there. I mean, believe me, I still love going to that park. I, I mean, you know, I, I just would say that as far as the parks go, and, and I look at time, time-wise, which park do I spend the least in? And I have kids from all ranges of age, so actually... My little girls, the the youngest of the girls, they really actually enjoyed that park a lot because of the character meet and greets, the uh, Disney Junior meet and greets and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the Muppets were fun and the shows, they just love Beauty and the Beast. So that was fun for them. The Little Mermaid show was fun for them. So those things... From their standpoint, you know, they they probably love that. They think that's great. But from our standpoint, I mean, how many times do I have to see that same Little Mermaid show or the same yeah. Beauty and the Beast show? Uh, well, you know, I do. I do love all the parts of Hollywood Studio. Like when I when when I just talked, I I thought about I love you know Hollywood I, or Sunset Boulevard with with the uh, Tower of Terror and the stores mm -hmm. and. You know, I do love that piece, and then Star or uh, Galaxy's Edge is a great piece, and Toy Story Land is a great piece. But somehow, when I think of the whole park, it just doesn't go together in my head. Like I don't think of it. It's hard for me to think of it as one place like that. Like I guess it's so split up and not. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and like I said, I I go there a lot. Um, it's pro it's definitely not fourth on the list of frequency of visits for me because the parking is great, and I can get to the Disney Skyliner from their parking lot, and so I go a lot more often to that park. But a lot of times I don't even go in; I just walk by the entry and go somewhere else from there. But, What's your number three, John? All right, this is where it gets a little complicated because, like I said, 
these things change over time. And my number three was my number one when I vacationed here, you know, over the past 20 years. And that is Epcot. And it kills me to say it because Epcot was my number one for so long. Like, I just loved Epcot. I loved everything about it. I loved Future World. I loved the background music. I loved the countries. I loved the festivals. I just loved, I, I, I loved the rides. And they have been doing things over the past few years that make it less like Epcot with every step of the way. And even like, I'm sure like the new guardians of the galaxy ride is going to be so great. I'm sure it's going to be great. And, and, but I will still miss being able to see, you know, Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Nye, the science guy on a giant screen and going through Ellen's dream and jeopardy and dinosaurs and learning about, energy and even even though it was sponsored by exxon mobile <laughs> so it wasn't the greatest presentation of energy but just the idea of things like that i don't know why when i would go on vacation and come back rides like that would stick in my head so like i would not forget them it's like that would be such a memory and unique me- memory the sight the smell like you're you're going past dinosaurs and just you know and and uh, like i said galaxy i'm sure guardians of the galaxy is going to be a great ride you'll probably have to get to epcot at five in the morning and wait and get a compete with people just to maybe get on it that I, that's the kind of thing that doesn't excite me it's there's only so so many times you want to do that at least for me and like, like i said i love you know the uh all the the rides journey into imagination i loved spaceship earth i love and the only two things left are spaceship earth which has a little original feel and living with the land and i don't know if they actually did it or not but they were going to change spaceship earth into a weird storytelling thing and I nothing to do with technology, the future, nothing. So I'm, I'm hoping that gets canceled because of the budget cuts that need to come. But with my luck so far with Epcot, I haven't had any luck in saving the old stuff that I like. (laughs) Like, I, Mm. I wish the budget cuts would have came one year ago. Maybe they would have said, maybe we better not rip down future world uh, (laughs) because why, you know, why bother? So, and based on budget cuts and things like that, I have a feeling what they replace it with is going to be much less spectacular too, which makes me very sad. My favorite park, it was ripped down and now I have a feeling they need to cut back as much as possible as they rebuild and and i do love the festivals but that turned into like uh, especially like food and wine it turned into a big spot for people to get drunk and that kind of makes me not like it as much like when i hear you know large groups of people screaming and yelling and carrying on and you know you get beer spilled on you it's like i feel like that's a little too far for epcot like selling drinks is great but i feel like that got out of hand too so like i said at this point it's a giant bar around the world showcase and a couple of rides and mostly construction walls i honestly think maybe that should even be number four but that i think it stayed at three because i still do tend to go there to walk through they still do have the background music playing and i just couldn't bring myself to put it all the way to number four but uh, like i said it was number one for a long time my last park on disney trips would always be epcot because i like to have that you know that the feeling of epcot as i leave and i typically would ride spaceship earth as my last ride on my way out of the park and a lot of times it could even be the first ride too depending on what day we got there and stuff but disney has plans to get rid of most of of everything i like about epcot (laughs) So, unfortunately for me, I'm not saying that's wrong, because I guess I'm a weird guy and not enough people feel like I do. I don't know. But so it kills me to say it, but Epcot now number three. What do you think, Mike? I hate to be so similar, but that's actually my number three as well. And the reason for that is as a sort of Disney traditionalist, and I don't want to sound like an old fuddy-duddy. But I visited that place back in the 80s shortly after it opened. And my perspective is kind of somewhat based on that. 
and I've seen what Epcot started out as, and I've seen what it's become. And in some ways, it's gotten better. Uh, I I know when Epcot originally opened, a lot of people walked in there and said, this is it. You know, I, I mean, because there was a lot of hype built up through the 70s for Epcot. Walt had his experimental, you know, prototype City of Tomorrow uh, video out there or whatever that he would, that people would see on you know, world of Disney or whatever, whatever the show was at the time. And so people were expecting something a little different when they walked in uh, than what they got. And so I think Disney had made a real concerted effort to change that park a little bit over the years. And I think to some degree, they, they went in a pretty decent direction for a while. Uh, You know, a lot of the original parks, uh, park rides are gone. Maybe they were unsustainable. I, I don't know. Maybe they were so dated in concept. They had sponsors that pulled out and things like that. And that maybe is why they're gone. And that's fine. But the heart of Epcot has been there. And that's why I've always loved the park. But I, I agree with you, John. I, I really, I mean, the reason why this went, and, and again, this was my number one for a long time. Uh, as a kid on up to I'd say the last last couple of years. Uh, I love the concept of the festivals and and all that, but I do agree it's kind of become a drunken Oktoberfest almost. And so, and and that's okay, I, I guess if you want to brand it as an adult park. Yeah, you know, it's not necessarily a a children's park anymore. That that's one thing, but at the heart of it, it's still a theme park for kids. So I, I'm and I'm not a fuddy duddy. I drink when I go to that park. And I enjoy drinking. I just keep it under control. Uh, with that said, I really still love Soren. I still love living with the land. Um, you know, that whole pavilion, the land pavilion is great. I love Spaceship Earth. Hopefully it remains mostly intact. Uh, you know, I, I used to love that Fountain of Nations walking into that open area you don't see that at a theme park, typically an area that open because everyone's always trying to squeeze stuff into every square inch of theme park. So I really, really love that uh, fountain area. I love the the noise there, the sound, the music, the water show that they have there. Uh, that's gone. And that's probably not coming back. Those types of things, the newer attractions, Mission Space, Mission Space is okay. I mean, it's fun. It, it actually fits in with the concept, I think, of what I would expect Epcot to be. Uh, you know, I, the the rest of it, it's just becoming an IP-driven park. And again, that's fine. I'm probably going to love it when it's all said and done. I, I'm not going to complain about that, but it's just not going to be the park that I grew up with or the park that, you know, I remember. And right now, it's pretty much it's like the biggest construction of any park. Like it's it's nothing but walls, except for like the whole future world. I don't even I I don't even know how they do it. But and I did want to mention while before we get off this subject, when I moved here, one of the greatest things when I first moved here in 2017 was the fact that. Epcot was basically 10 minutes from me. So after I was done working, I could drive to Epcot just to take a walk through the park. If I want to sit on a bench, I can sit on a bench and just, I'll never forget walking through future world and hearing that music and thinking, I can't believe I live next to this now. Like this Mm. is, this is a Tuesday. I can just do this. And for me, I don't know why that was something I always wanted. And it, it was so great temporarily because it wasn't long after i moved here till they were like guess what we're ripping down future world we're gonna fix epcot it's like oh man it's like (laughs) i just got here i always wanted to so so that to me i may have a little extra resentment from that but i also wanted to say disney kind of killed i soren the soren over the world is just not as good as the original Mm -hmm. 
And after doing them both many times, and I've heard many other people saying Soren Over the World is way too much CGI and just doesn't have that rewatchable feel that the other one does. Like, I love looking for, at different parts of Soren Over California. You can see different skiers down the mountain and this and that. So there's very little C- CGI, which makes me feel like I can. I just enjoyed it more and I feel like most people feel the same. So that, that kind of got downgraded to me. And then mission space. When my daughter was younger, we would go on mission space almost every time we went to Epcot. It was just one of those things like, you know, we always did it. Uh, My wife would stay off. She didn't want to get sick or whatever, but now turns out in 2017 as well, they fixed mission space, which the only thing they did to it, was get rid of Gary Sinise Hmm. and they changed him with someone else. And I was like, wow, that's all right. They, you know, it'll still be interesting that they redid it. And the uh, narration is exactly the same. The Hmm. only upgrade that I could see was getting rid of Gary Sinise. I'm like, was he me too or something? (laughs) Like what, why would they pay for this? But anyway, the weird part about all all of it is I went back and it turns out that a big part of Mission Space for me at this point in my life was nostalgia because I went on it with my daughter so many times on vacations. Now they got rid of Gary Sinise. It doesn't feel like the same ride. And now I'm seeing it only for what it is with no nostalgia. And I'm just like, eh, we never go on it. I think I went on it once in the three years I lived here, maybe twice. And it, it's it's just, uh, like I said, it wasn't an improvement. And for me, it killed the nostalgia because now my daughter is 19 and it's not the same as when she was a little, little kid. And now we and we both felt the same. We went on it. We were like, this just isn't good. It's like, yeah, I, I and again, it's the same ride. But at the time when it was new, Gary Sinise was the one doing it. So it feel it felt more exciting. Like that's back when it was new. It's the same ride. But if they're going to change the person doing it, they need to change the ride a little, make it a little more exciting, change something up, do something new, at least new, yeah. new people, new something. But when you take something and just change the person, it didn't do anything for me except make me realize the ride is not that fun. Yeah. <laughs> and why did I like it? I I liked it because, you know, father and daughter having fun going on rides together. And like I said, it's just, I don't know, just not the same. So even for, for me, even with the newer rides, Mission Space, they made less special to me. Soren, they made less special to me. Like I said, they plan on making uh, uh, Spaceship Earth less special too, based on the movies I saw. And and you know what's scary too? You know, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Mike and I do a YouTube page, and mm-hmm. uh, we we recently put up the Epcot experience, and it got the less least amount of views of anything we've ever put up. I feel like I, we could have put up a blank screen and we would have got more. I find it weird that people are not interested in that. And yeah. I and it's kind of scary. I thought it was really cool. I like the video. The presentation is awesome. I like to watch it. It's got Walt Disney in it talking about Epcot. It's I love it. But the general public is extremely disinterested in, and I think Disney fans are less now too, because I think budget cuts are coming. I don't even know if they're going to open that building up again, because it may be a full of fibs at this point, full of cancellations and not anything that's really going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. Which to be honest with you is a big reason why I actually wanted to post that particular video that day because with a lot of the Disney news coming out recently and it comes out so fast uh, <laughs> with with uh, with with everything going on and the expected budget cuts I really don't think that they're going to open that up I, I'm speculating here but I mean that might be just something that goes away you know you you might see it fade and so I I wanted to make sure that that gets out there once again, you know, amongst everyone so that you understand that, hey, things are going to change, you know, and and they had this here and the Imagineers put a lot of effort into that. Um, Good or bad, whether you like what's coming or don't like what's coming or have mixed feelings, they really put a lot of effort into that entire 
building and experience. And, and I think, I think that experience is really cool. I agree. I love it. I may not like what they plan on doing everywhere, but that presentation is great. And when you go in there, it's just such a cool, it's a cool concept. It's really just great. So I hope they do more things like that and use that technology more. But yeah, like you said, I, I don't know if they want to keep something like that open when so many changes are probably on the horizon. So yeah. Oh, I said horizons. Don't oh no, don't <laughs> you're gonna trigger me on that one. That that is something, you know, just just real briefly, because I won't get into it too much. But uh yeah, horizons was such a big thing for me. Uh, you know, I, I used to love that that ride growing up. Yeah, the other thing is uh, ultimately theme parks change and they evolve and and we know that you know eventually all theme parks are going to evolve into something that maybe we didn't have as a kid and we have to kind of roll with it and I get that but you know the the concept the radical change from what was a technology park and you know a lot of things like basically Epcot started out as like a world's fair and you know it was Disney's version of a world's a permanent world's fair and it's turning into another IP park and we already have that so I I guess that's why that ended up number three for me to be honest with you so uh i don't know i i mean i still love imagination even though it's changed uh you know journey into imagination i think it's still a great ride it's not what it was when you first saw it john it's not what it was when you know i i initially saw it it was it's radically changed over the years you know the seas with nemo now the original seas when i first got there uh, they didn't even have that pavilion open it took them a while to get that particular pavilion open in the 80s i love it i still love epcot there's a lot of things that remain the countries and and everything there's, there's so much to love there so when i say number three and i i say all these things that i said about it it's not that i don't love it i still love that park it's just it's disappointing compared to what it used to be uh to me but that doesn't mean it's still not a great park it is and to be honest with you if i lived as close as you do john i'd probably walk around those countries quite a bit i'd probably go there quite a bit and walk around there and just get the smells and the ambiance well, that's why I say recently I have been uh, either walking or Disney skylining from Hollywood Studios and just entering through the International Gateway. And then you can walk through the country, see a little bit of future world that's not, you know, broken yet or, you know, ripped down and and then leave that way again. So coming through it through the front is just tedious and terrible, yeah. just walls everywhere and so yeah i guess we had a lot of reasons to make epcot number three yeah i guess well i was gonna say the scary thing is just so everybody knows we did not talk about this ahead of time no we didn't i i literally just jotted my answers down this morning because i kept you know i really couldn't decide and i'm like all right if i have to put a number i wrote down each one put a number next to it, circled it. And I'm like, all right, there it is. That's how I have to, I I, I have to make a decision. So it's funny that, uh, that I, I, I have a feeling our lists are going to be exactly the same. They I'm, probably I'm finding it hard to imagine how they're not, you know, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's possible, but yeah. unlikely. Though. Okay. What's your number two, John? All right. My number two, and believe it or not, this has been a number one throughout the years, but Animal Kingdom. And I, 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 a lot of people, Animal Kingdom would be a solid number four. Some people say they don't even go there when they go to Disney. They don't even, it's half-day park. They don't like it. And I, I can say, I don't know why exactly, but it always appealed to me. It appealed to my family. Uh, when we used to own Vacation Club, we owned Animal Kingdom Lodge. 
So we'd always liked the design of the park, the feel of the park. Uh, you know, the addition of Expedition Everest was just uh, perfect. Like, it's exactly what it needed. And uh, I could say before Everest that I still enjoyed it a lot, but that, that really was a big plus to it. And now uh, Flight of Passage being there is a big plus. And like I said, it, unlike ho Hollywood, the flow is nice. Like, you could either go to Pandora and loop around all the way through Dinosaur Land and or Dino Land and come back. Or you can do the opposite. Or you can go straight up the middle and go right or left. It's like, it's a park you can walk through. It's a park you can enjoy. Even the gift shops. I go into the gift shops. Everything is hand-carved, hand-painted, just beautiful to look at if you'd want to look at it you know and not everybody does but since i had a lot of memories of being on vacation and uh you know just sitting outside and waiting for the rest of the group to like maybe use a restroom or go into a store and sitting outside of a restaurant at animal kingdom can just be so pleasant and you look around at the sights and the sounds and you look up and it's just there's just a lot going on there and and that's before you even talk about the animals like it's i rarely do that and it's still number two but if you're over there during the day you can do the maharaja jungle track which has a story built into the whole thing like it, they pointed out to me one day that if you look at the murals it's like the story of a prince or a king and something with the the tigers eat them at the end and i i don't remember the whole thing now but mm. one of the cast members pointed it out and i'm like there's so much to do and see there and the fact that it's original just really strikes a chord to me just like expedition everest it's not based on a movie and despite disney's new philosophy on you know parks and rides going forward Animal Kingdom goes against that grain completely and it's still successful and like I said I appreciate it because I can't go I can't go to uh, you know Euro Animal Kingdom I can't go to the West Coast Animal Kingdom I can't there is no Animal Kingdom except Animal Kingdom it was made there and the exotic plants and wildlife thrive there and it's just a really cool place you know it's like how many parks try to simulate Africa not many. It's a very rare park. And that safari, unbelievable. The one thing I missed there, that uh, the Jammin' Jungle Parade used to be great. Like, that's one thing. I wish they didn't get rid, rid of that. I'm not really a parade guy. Most of them, I wouldn't even wait for when I was on vacation because I'd be like, you know, it's fine, but walking past it's enough. But the Jam Mickey's Jammin' Jungle Parade was actually really good. And they had giant animal puppets and it was in the same theming of the gift shops and stuff like that painted wooden kind of feel and it was very unique is what i liked about it like there was no other parade like it at disney like most of the time you see a parade and you're like is that disneyland is it disney world it could be anything it's just the same character floats and from the movies and that's it but that parade was unique and like i said it for many years it was my daughter's favorite park too when she was younger so i might be a little biased because of that too but anyway i really do like animal kingdom and it's been my top park probably a couple times over the years and i'll get into it more with the next one but one of the reasons i like animal kingdom too is as a local it's accessible meaning i can get there quickly and it's typically not the most popular disney park so say it's around a holiday and all the other parks are completely filled i could probably still get into animal kingdom i i had great luck over the years living here of getting fast passes there like i felt like for the first couple of years i could get a fast pass on dinosaur or everest just like an hour before i went i could decide and go oh you want to go to animal kingdom tonight let's check for fast passes it's like hey look i can get these three fast passes which are great like vacation quality fast passes an hour before i go and it's like mm. wow that's so awesome i'm gonna be going on dinosaur riding everest maybe navi river journey or something all in one night and i just decided it an hour before i left you know and the satui canteen at, uh, in pandora my favorite place to eat at or at least quick service my favorite quick service at disney they have the 
the the bowls i usually get the chicken bowl with the hearty salad and it's like a it's a very unique meal and it's really high quality and it's so good and i've already gone there just to eat so anyway that gives you an idea uh, not to even I don't, I don't even think i talked m- much about rides but like i said everest is uh, an original ride and probably one of the best well-rounded disney rides it's not too intense but it's just intense enough it adds a little story great theming and like i said original and it may in fact be the last original disney ride i I can't imagine them i don't know what one they would do next and you know i've already heard it was a while ago but bob Iger basically talk badly about rides that don't have ip like that nobody Mm. wants to ride them so uh, if if that's the way they're going i'll i i for one will enjoy the last non-ip ride so what do you think mike again we're gonna be the same on this one Uh, (laughs) yeah we did not pre-do this no we didn't we didn't uh as far as it goes, this park used to be my least favorite for a long time. I don't know if it's the addition of Pandora or the addition of Expedition Everest that over the years has changed me on this park. Uh, it might be the fact that I'm just getting older and I appreciate certain things differently. The design and layout of the park, I mean, let's just call this Joe Rody Park because that's basically what it is everything is story driven as you said uh everything is um purposeful it has a feel of authenticity uh throughout the entire park all the lands and so on and so forth i I just the experiences are amazing in that park uh for the most part i mean don't get me wrong they have their What's that bird show that they have that people don't really Uh, like? Uh, I've never even seen it. I I haven't either. Um, So I don't have a perspective to really say anything negative about it because I haven't seen it. But um, some people don't really like the Nemo show. Some people don't like the night show. I actually find myself not doing any of those things when I'm in the park. And it's not because of the quality. It's just because I don't have time and I don't want to spend time doing those things because i love everything else so you know the the food in the park is really probably some of the best in in disney uh the options are just phenomenal the show that most people i believe really love to go to is the festival of lion king that show for me is must see it's just iconic for me uh, I love that show. Hasn't changed much over the years, but you know it never grows old for me. It doesn't grow stale at all. Uh, ride-wise, again, you pretty much covered it, John. The rides have these stories of their own, these unique stories and experiences. And um, Everest is just amazing, you know, short of Disco Yeti. But I don't really think that takes away. I think people put too much into that. You're on a roller coaster and you're going by that Yeti so fast. It is a nice added touch. It was, anyhow, when the Yeti tried to reach out and grab you. But I don't think it changes the experience all that much just to have a flashing strobe light behind the Yeti. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. No, uh, the other experiences in that park, especially with Pandora, Pandora is just breathtaking. Uh, at night, the the way everything's lit up at Pandora, um, even during the day, it's they give you eye candy all over the place. And there's a lot of stories behind how they created Pandora that are just amazing. I mean, they did it right. They just did it right. And I was there, I'd say, about three weeks after they opened Pandora. And the crowds were crazy. But I didn't really care. I mean, I was constantly looking up at all these things that they've created. I've never seen anything like that. They literally brought the world of Avatar to Walt Disney World. And and it's just mind-boggling. People complain about the dinosaur area. I like the dinosaur area just because it's so radically different. And it is completely themed. It has a story. There is a connected story there from the boneyard, which is the playground to, you know, the dinosaur ride, which originally I don't believe was IP, but eventually became IP based on, uh, on on that dinosaur. Was it Pixar? I think it was a Pixar movie. Yeah, I think it was just Disney. The dinosaur one was a lot later. Yeah, but you know, everything there has a, has a theme. It has uh, interconnected tendons between it. So uh, I don't really have a lot of negative things to say. The, the 
the jungle track. I mean, you know, you have these walkthrough areas where you can walk through and see animals and, and the plants and, and all this. There's uh, education areas. There's just so many things to do there. Uh, again, I appreciate it a lot more now that I'm older. When I was younger, I was so used to uh, a certain type of park. But now I have an appreciation for story. I have an appreciation for that immersiveness I guess I would say. And you get it for, from appreciating the artwork on the tree to, you know, the the fact that there's a mountain at the back of that park. It's just, it's amazing. Uh, they have the best merchandise too. We don't talk a oh, lot about do. buying stuff, but merchandise wise, they, they just have great stuff there. Like, I don't know why. And maybe that's, maybe it's just me, but it's very appealing to me. Like they're, I don't really like gift shops much, but there I like to go in to look at the design of the gift shop, the theme of the gift shop. Is it bugs? <laughs> is it beavers? Is it woodland? It's like, or, but the merchandise itself though, seems to, they, they just do a great job there. Like it just, uh, Animal Kingdom just lends itself to merchandising too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, as soon as if you go to that gift shop near Dinosaur and Dino Land, there's I think a, a skeleton of a dinosaur in the middle of the gift shop, if I remember correctly. And everything is themed very well. Uh, and the shops in the African area are amazing. I, I mean, some of the best shops in Disney World, in my opinion. Yeah, that 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 that's what i mean i feel like the stores there are an attraction almost to themselves unlike a lot of other disney stores like i said animal kingdom may not have the most rides and it may not have all the greatest but it's so unique and like i said the fact that there's one of those in the entire world goes a long way for me i think it adds to it i think it makes it even better and yeah the, i didn't even think about the festival of the lion king earlier yeah. that is that show is just great you know so yeah i animal kingdom is a solid number two and yeah. um, <laughs> go ahead where's the the suspense is building john where's your number one <laughs> well typhoon lagoon <laughs> oh wait no i i did go there once that was nice <laughs> Now, obviously, the Magic Kingdom is number one, and I can honestly tell you this has not always been the case. It took many years for me to learn to appreciate the uh, nostalgia of all the rides, The because, you know, uh, the first time I went to Disney, I was like 20, and to me, the Magic Kingdom was a stressful, hectic place, overflowing with little kids. And I didn't have any kids. And I'm like, I don't really, I don't think I want to be here. <laughs> so I just wanted to get out. I was like, this is awful. And then while vacationing there over, you know, approximately uh, 15, 20 years, whatever it was, um, I learned to like it a lot more, but it still was not my favorite because... It was hard to get to. It was hectic. It was the least vacation-y feel to me. Like when I went there, I felt stressed. I felt in a hurry. I, uh, you know, it was hard to plan a vacation because they have so many rides and this and that. But over the years, I I learned to appreciate the original, the, the basically the connection to the original Disneyland when where the rides with the Main Street. The fact that I began to appreciate rides like it's a small world pirate haunted mansion rides like that that are just absolutely timeless rides Ho hopefully they'll never get rid of they do try to ruin them a little here <laughs> like pirates they just can't stop adjusting it but luckily it's still mostly the same so uh, it, it's it's good but anyway it's always been my wife's favorite park and like i said my daughter and i probably skip between epcot and animal kingdom has already been at the top and again that's based on recent experiences like we would go on vacation the magic kingdom would be unbearably crowded animal kingdom would be great days of vacation so if you were if you would have asked us at that time what's your favorite park we probably would have said animal kingdom because of recent experiences there you know and it's not the magic kingdom's fault it's just so darn good that it attracts so many people that it can get unpleasant but you know now between the fireworks between the rides between main street the, the sights the sounds the smells the people mover uh, carousel of progress you just can't i think it's not that unique so i probably don't 
have as much to say about it as like Animal Kingdom because with Animal Kingdom, I can picture people saying, why on earth would you be saying this? We don't even go there. But Magic Kingdom, I think most people are going to say, yeah, we see it. We're, that's the majority we 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 feel the same so basically it's a great park and now that i live here it's the most difficult park to get to i either have to get a reservation at a restaurant and pay a lot of money to park nearby or i can you know park at the ttc and have a very long walk or tram ride and then take my chances on the uh, monorail or ferry and see how it goes. So it's not the one that I go to. If, if you're only going to go to a park for two hours, you don't go to the one that could take you an hour to get to. It's like, that's, it's, it's just mathematically, that's how it works. So unfortunately I don't get to go there as much. So when I do, it still has that real vacationy feel to it too. It's like finally made it over to the magic kingdom. And you know, it's, it's, it's even more special now that I live here. I think I appreciate it a lot more because like I said, the other parks are easier. I can just drive there, walk right in, enjoy them. Magic Kingdom still takes an effort to get there. I have to, can't just go there on a whim for an hour because that could be just the travel time. So what do you think, Mike? Of course, it's my number one as well. And mainly because I'm a traditionalist and, and, but it's, it's beyond that. Uh, there's so much to do with the magic kingdom. It's just the nostalgia and everything of walking into the park and, you know, that shock of seeing main street, everything about the park is designed to make you feel like you're walking into a movie. Uh, if you walk into, and, and I've actually under my old YouTube account, I actually did a video on this one time. If you walk into the park and you look down at your feet, the pavement is red in spots. And that's because they designed it to make you feel like you're walking the red carpet. And as you walk underneath the train station, if you look to the side walls, they're movie posters of the rides and of the lands. So they wanted you to feel like you were walking into a movie theater. And once you get past that train station, it's just breathtaking. You know, you get colors and you get uh, just this back in time feel like you're walking into a movie. Uh, you get hit with music and, and all the atmosphere, everything in that park. And it's all engineered to make you feel like you're walking into an experience. It is magical. It really is. And and it's just the, the experience. You know, John, when you said how hard it is to get to the Magic Kingdom, that's actually engineered as well. That was on purpose. Walt wanted your experience getting to the park to feel like you're going to someplace special, someplace magical. And that's kind of why he kept that distance in place because what he ran into with Disneyland, you basically drove by or walked by hotels and motels by the hour to get into Disneyland. So you, you had to go through all this kind of iffy area of the town to get into uh, experience Walt's magic in, in California. He didn't want that in Florida. So that's why he kind of kept that distance in place. T, I, I understand it's a pain in the butt for locals and, you know, pretty much anybody to get to. I, I understand that. And uh, that would probably influence how often I would go to the park as well. But uh, it's just uh, beyond all those other things, the park itself has so much to offer. It's not a one day park typically for, especially for a vacationer. It's a multi-day park. There's so much to do in that park. There's so much variety. There's so many themed lands. Uh, and the nostalgia is real in that park too. You still see a lot of Walt's original vision there and, uh, and the genius of those early Imagineers uh, and the storytelling. Anyone who's been to Disney knows this. Anyone who's been to Disney has experienced this. It's an emotional thing when you walk into that park after, uh, you know, being away for a while, you know, it, it just makes you feel like you're back home. And even for the geeks like myself, there's stories and everything. I mean, the credits of the movie that you walk in are in the window. Just look up. You see the credits of the park, the people that made the park possible, the people that imagineered the park, uh, the the people involved even in the finances and stuff. It's all up on the windows of the park. Uh, 
uh, in the buildings. And so there's all those little special things, all those little untold stories that you really have to look for, even for people like myself that maybe I've been there a lot. I still have things that I find that I've never seen before in that park. It's, it's just so much. Uh, it's an overwhelming park. I I don't really have a lot of bad things to say about that park. I mean, some of the food options can be iffy here and there. I will say that, but uh, well-balanced for food, well-balanced for rides. It's got a lot of the fluffy rides, the in-between rides, but they're all themed and, you know, kids enjoy those. What do you think, John? What do you think about the rides? They've got They've got some of the best rides too. I mean, there's there's no experience in the world like Space Mountain. And I've often told people, even if you don't like roller coasters and you don't want to go on it, um, get in the line anyway and just take the chicken exit and just see the 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 queue and see the exit queue. And you know, when I was when over the years when I would vacation there there were times where I really didn't feel like getting uh, you know beaten up on Space Mountain and jammed around <laughs> and I did it but I honestly would say my favorite part of the ride was walking in there and you hear the uh, star tunnel music and it looks like a it looks like a, a you're on a spaceship from Star Trek or something walking down a hallway and they have the space windows and it's just so well done and so unique it's a it's another one of those things that when you go on it there will be nothing like it in the world that compares it's it's a unique one-of-a-kind situation or experience and that's why i the ips are a good idea but i think long term now you can experience most ips by watching the movie uh you can't experience space mountain unless you go to space mountain it's not going to be the same i even have some uh, some videos that did really good like on instagram of just walking into the queue and you walk in and the lighting changes and the walls glowing and the star tunnel music and they do announcements and it's just you can feel the change as you walk in it it feels like you're on a spaceship in space and you can't you just can't do that anywhere and it's not just a spaceship it's not like mission space at epcot this is a spaceship that never existed that's like i said it feels like star trek like you're on a a a large vessel somewhere deep in space and uh same with most of the rides there you know the Big Thunder Mountain is just great. Classic ride. The Haunted Mansion, I've gone on uh, who knows how many times. It never gets old. Every mm-hmm. time you look around, you look here, you look there, you look up, you look down, you notice things you've never seen before. It's like, well, I've been riding this for 20 years. It's like, you probably still haven't seen everything. If the lighting is a little different today than it was last month, something may be illuminated that wasn't before, or you just don't know. And like I said, all the rides are like that. Pirates, uh, Splash Mountain, you could ride it over and over and over again, and it just doesn't get old. So I think that's the trick with the Magic Kingdom. Like I said, some of the stuff at Epcot, they try to keep it fresh, and actually made it a little bit worse in some cases where it did at the magic kingdom can you imagine if they need to freshen up uh, space mountain it's like they really don't it just it's it's great and everything about it's great so um at least i hope they don't get any ideas to do that but oh goodness i hope not well you know the great thing about it is they can even make an attraction out of a transportation ride in in that park i mean the from the railroad which is an attraction itself to the you know the riverboat uh that is an attraction itself they have the the people mover that is an attraction i mean people love that it's an amazing and and i the people mover ride actually does really well in your videos people love it it does and it does well all the time now. That's the thing. Like everybody has these uh, frozen concept of Walt Disney World in their head, and one of those frozen concepts is that people mover is easy to get on. You just walk right up and you walk right on anytime. Mm. It's always open. It's like mm, it hasn't been like that for years. I wait on average twenty minutes every time I want to mm. ride. At least I might have to wait more. There's always a line there now, and uh, you know I always love that too because I remember vacationing when my daughter was too young to ride space mountain it was so cool to be able to go inside the building and at that time they had uh, they had glow-in-the-dark stickers on the sides of the 
of the spaceship, the roller coaster cars. So as you're going through, you hear screams, you look up and you see these glowing orbs flying through the sky. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's people screaming on a roller coaster. It made it look, you know, they eventually got rid of that when they were trying to darken everything. But in general, though, you go in there and you see parts of a ride that you can't go on yet. And I think that's great for people that just don't like roller coasters too. Like, people that are interested in going on it or they could still go through and they could see the initial climb you know with the astronauts and the space shuttle and they can see the projection of uh, like a galaxy on the ceiling and they can hear and just they can still get a feel for it so between uh the people mover or the tomorrowland transit authority i think that is what the official name is right now but uh, you can really get a feel for Space Mountain, you know, so I, I recommend walking the queue and going on the people mover if you don't like coasters just to still get a feel for it, you know, it's definitely worth it. But but yeah, the, that's one of the most popular rides now. They, uh, they, well, not one of them. It's on online, I should say. It's one of yeah. the most nostalgic rides for Disney fans. They all love the ttc or the people mover oh what about carousel of progress too? talk about reaching all the way back to walt disney himself absolutely. and absolutely. i apps i love that ride and like i said every time i watch it it's still enjoyable it's still unique and just the fact that it's like the longest running show ever like it, it's still going and it may have changed a little bit from when walt was involved but still basically the same thing it's unbelievable that it's still watchable and the song's still great and i look forward to getting back to things like that there's there's just too much to talk about with magic kingdom it's yeah. uh, that's part of why it's on the top of the list too the sheer number of attractions there is just larger the number of attractions the number of shows the number of parades the fact that it has uh uh, happily ever after at night it has projection shows on the or maybe not right now throughout history it's had many different projection shows also it, it has parties there you know halloween party christmas party villains i don't even know extra magic event whatever you want to call it there's a just so much going on there. It's the clear winner. And even if it wasn't for all the great things I said about like Animal Kingdom, I think the sheer number of great attractions just, I, I think I'd be disingenuous to say that it's not at the top. It yeah, just you, is. You could do a show <laughs> on itself, you know, just on Magic Kingdom. There's so much to cover. You know, it, it's hard to be general in a list like this just because there's so many things to be excited about. If there's something that I miss at a park, if there's something that I miss from year to year, it's that breathtaking walking into the park and that feel and that smell of walking up Main Street and, you know, hopping on the iconic rides like Carousel Progress and singing Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. Most lists would have Magic Kingdom up top well i think that was a pretty good list john yeah and since we both agree then it must be right so <laughs> if, if you don't agree with us then change your list because yeah I, we came up <laughs> with the same one <laughs> just kidding but it, it, that is odd though our very first list show yeah. and we came up with the same order and uh, like i said i I, I did mine just minutes before the show, before we talked about anything with that. So, but like I said, this is a list and it's not, it's an opinion list. And like I said, my opinion has changed over the years and Magic Kingdom has not always been my favorite. Like my wife, it's always been her favorite, no question. But for me, because of the, the, uh, how crowded it gets, there were times where it may be the best park, but it wouldn't be my favorite park because i would rather go somewhere less crowded and more enjoyable like epcot at the time like years ago if you said you can only go to one park today i would have said sure i'll go to epcot because i'll enjoy the day more not that there's better rides and better shows and better everything but I, overall but like i said now that i live here my current list or our current list magic kingdom Animal Kingdom, Epcot, and Hollywood Studios. And I I have a feeling that doesn't match up most people's because I thought that was a little weird with the how Hollywood Studios is going right now. You know, it's it's hitting on all cylinders. It's got new rides, new lands. 
it's it's always very crowded. I'm sure the general public does not agree with us based on crowd levels. So that's that's very possible, but uh, I don't know. Well, time will tell on Hollywood Studios. It is evolving. It's in the middle of its evolution, or maybe towards the end of its evolution. I don't know. But uh, there's they are going to put in the Star Wars Hotel or. I don't know. What are they calling the Star Wars thing? An experience? A cruise? Or whatever they're calling it. I don't know if that's still going to happen. They built the building and everything, so I'm assuming it's still going to happen. But uh, I, I I heard that it is because it still fits. It's for a small number of people. It's a unique experience. Bob Chapek was involved with it the whole time. It's like one of his, I don't know if you want to call it pet projects, but he's very involved in it. And now he heads the whole company, so he has even more influence as to his projects probably going to get done. I can't guarantee that, but it it just makes sense that you know the the guy who uh, who was very interested in getting it done and loved the idea is now in charge of the whole company. So that's probably (laughs) not at the top of the list to scrap. Right. Okay, John, that should about wrap it up. Where can people find you online? Uh, They can find me at c.wdw on Instagram, c.wdw on Facebook, uh, c.uo on Instagram, and c.wdw on YouTube. And like I said, the YouTube channel is the one we're trying to build up because in the big scheme of things, that's the big dog in the equation. Yep, I agree. Uh, you can find me at the giant rat on Instagram and the giant rat on Twitter. I'm not very active on there, but uh, there's some content on there. So if you want to check those out, go for it. You can reach the podcast at c.wdw near and far at gmail.com. We'll take comments questions on the podcast what you thought of the podcast if you have any questions you want us to answer you want us to do a Q&A episode someday we'll be glad to do that we talked a little bit about that last week and so that'll do it we will see you next week on the CWDW near and far podcast thank you for joining us and stay safe on your adventures <laughs>